friends, it's us. I am Steph Beagle. And I am Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. Today's guest is Dr. Terry Raby. And I'd say of any of our podcast guests, she might have the greatest influence on my life. Ooh, that's special. I'm like a super fan. And anytime I'm speaking to anybody in Chicago, my recommendation is to visit Dr. Raby. She is the founder of the Integrated Medicine Practice. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> the Raby Institute the for Integrated Raby, Medicine at Northwest. Yes, the Raby Institute, which is... Um, my home and literally where I go for everything when it comes to my health. And so she has a million degrees. She can talk about them if she wants, but most importantly, she's a pioneer and a legend within Chicago about, you know, really bringing together Eastern and Western medicine. And we're here today to talk about integrated medicine. We've talked about so many different practices, but I don't think we know the foundation. And so one, let me welcome you. Thank you for being here oh, with us. Oh, it's nothing but my pleasure. Thank you so much. And it just it's humbling to be here with you beautiful people, ladies who actually just really are leading, you know, the light and leading the world and doing these podcasts that really um, get down to the core of who we are. I mean, it's really about being, you know, there's so many different definitions of what integrative medicine and functional medicine is. There's been lots of different titles. There was complementary, there was alternative. In my eyes, all those are just titles that actually have evolved to where I think I am today, where I am. And it's really down to what I think we should all be practicing is good medicine. Mm. Oh, I'm you know, that. and it's really about that, you know, because people get confused. Oh, is it alternative? Oh, is it integrative? Is it complementary? Is it functional? It's it's very complicated and confuses people. And for me, it's just I've learned, and it's been quite a journey for me since I've been doing this for 31 years. Yes, wow, mm. a long time. I love how there was a whisper there. <laughs> yeah, a little 31 years, and there's been a huge learning curve for me. What it meant 31 years ago, and what it means today is so different, you know. And that's about that's about my evolution and how I continue to learn and the relationships that I've created within the practice that people constantly teach me. I feel like yes, I'm a physician, internal medicine physician who practiced integratively for all these years, but it's really about those relationships. And I feel like everybody teaches me as well. So I'm in that space. And when I'm in that room with patients, it's just uh, a lovely, lovely interaction that I'd leave each, even sometimes a really tough, there's always a lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And I always share, you know, when I have encounters with you or with other people, it's it's about the community and those those messages that actually, um, that I share. It's that, that web that's been woven mm. in that office. And um, we're all intertwined and we're all caring deeply for each other, consciously and subconsciously. Right. And so that's the beautiful part about this. And there's so many dimensions. Oh, do I do prescriptions? Do I do herbs? Do I have vitamins? It's all that is all good stuff. But when it really comes down to it, it's really about impeccable, impeccable self-care. Mm. And so when you impeccably care for yourself this deeply... You in, in, in functional integrative medicine, we talk about, you know, a systems approach about dealing with your care and about personalizing medicine. 
And in doing so, you tap into the most important things. We refer to it as kind of epigenetics, where we know our environment and our, um, and our behavior really impacts our genome. And our genes, when you can turn on a gene, our, we can, genes we can't change. You know, we were just given those genes and we can turn on those epigenomes and little markers on top of each one of your genes. You can turn them on, you can turn them off. And that's all behavioral. Even if it's a gene that's not so preferable, you know, we all have those genes. But why is that those genes turn on for some family members? And, you know, we all have the same genes and why not others? Hmm. Right. It comes down to behavior and your environment. So we talk a lot about clean water, clean food, clean relationships, clean environment. So if you really just take those four basics, boy, can we make shifts and changes. Mm. And then when we get there, you know, when you come into that space where you have that sacred space, when you can just deeply share, deeply share, mm -hmm. and, and know that it's sacred, a sacred space, we can be that those avenues to really shift and, and create behavior that suits you individually. So there's, it's just so, you know, we talk about how East, Eastern meets Western and even that, you know, the borders are just so blurred now. I mean, mm. with, with in podcasts, you know, with, you know, with media, with social media, with everything. So we're just so fluid and the influence from across the borders and across the pond and wherever, they're, they're all just fused. And even I always feel like I don't want to discount the, the indigenous peoples here in this country too that have definitely me personally have contributed to my Charlie. my way of being I mean, i'm from new mexico with the natives are very I have native blood in me and so that was something that's always true and blue to me even though i was you know ventured off into the western medicine philosophy but the core of who i am is about it wasn't an aha moment i'm going to practice integrative medicine what is this it was it's a deep core it's a deep passion that comes from when i was how i was raised you know we always Lived off the land. We always ate clean. We were always in co-ops. I mean, stuff that I... Shit, I almost said. <laughs> oh, stuff, please do. Yeah, yeah. But it was just—it was just <laughs> our way of being, you know. And so, in it, it's just how I lived. I was eating honeycombs for my allergies, and you know, all kinds of brewer's yeast. And my grandmother used to give us herbs, and we were upset with herbs in our baby bottle, my baby bottle. So, you know, I was doing stuff that it was just part of our culture, you know, and just how we honor stuff. When we were hurt, there were little sayings that we'd say in Spanish that you know you would just—it was—it was called. It's called. It's, I'll say it for you, please. It's called sana sana colita de rana. And so what that means, it's like, heal me, heal me, heal me, little frog. If you can't heal me today, heal me tomorrow. So when, and, and I taught my children this too, like when you're hurt, instead of screaming and, you know, crying upset is you immediately you get in that space yeah. and you heal yourself. Wow. And so you like, and so you don't cry. You just, you just, okay, I'm hurt, but you know, powers that be, angels that be, come to me, help me and help me heal. I mean, those are the little things that when you have that in your world and you have, I mean, I taught my children mantras when they were teeny tiny, that would teach them, what, what is your mantra? My son, his mantra was, I love me. And my daughter, she's like three years younger than, than him. And her mantra was, I love you. It's interesting. But when they were little and they would be waking up in the middle of the night and calling my name, I'd say, baby, say your mantra. I wouldn't hear from him again. Ugh. Mm -hmm. So those little things about healing yourself and teaching everybody. I mean, so much, especially in this world today, we're in this vata space. We're just up here whirling around in this sympathetic tone instead of really being grounded. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? People, how do we get there? How do we, why are we there? You know, but when you understand that we have this beautiful intuit and how we can ground and just be one with ourselves, that's the trick. Mm -hmm. That's really the trick to being fully aware of our well-being, and connect, truly connected. Because we can say all those words, and it's so cliche sometimes, but to really walk it. Yeah. And it's impeccably just being it. 
and 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 veering away from fear. So much we we our world falls around fear, and we can we step around that fear and truly live in in um, belief and growth and creativity and really living purely. It's it's just a different different way of uh, walking this planet and living your true journey. That was a lot I said. You're amazing. <laughs> no. Uh, well, first of all, your words are a gift. And I know this because when I sit in the room with you, you have this intuitive way of healing. Mm-hmm. And it, it whether it's Eastern, Western, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I want to talk a little bit about vocabulary because I want people listening to the podcast to be able to find the right yep. um, solutions and like yeah. tools for them, especially right. around integrated medicine, functional, et cetera. Sure. But you're a listener in this way where it's about those four pillars that we talked about. I'm never coming in. Uh, yay, HIPAA, I'm open. Yeah, yeah, I've exactly. signed a disclosure, we're kosher. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's never about one thing. It's root and it is um, systemic. It is so many, it's beyond the levels of just how does one certain body part feel? Yeah. We are talking about relationships and sleep and the, you know, the way that my mind is working mm-hmm. and w- what type of water I'm drinking. All of those elements, I think, are the are creating the system for health. And that is far beyond, I think, I feel so grateful because so many people don't get that kind of love, mm-hmm. attention, listening, mm-hmm. and thoughtfulness from their healthcare mm-hmm. because no, we're, they're not getting the time that well, you give It's me. also rewriting, I think, the relationship to medicine or like, I think a lot of people think of going to the doctor or going- to the hospital or medicine as like this place of darkness. Right. Right. Of like, you're something's wrong with you. Like right. you're sick. You have to be fixed. And like, it has this like connotation to it that I, I don't think comes from a place of like, you know, this grounded, beautiful healing. Yeah. And I think whether to your point, Eastern, Western integrate, whatever it is, that's, I mean, it's you also. Right. But yeah. like the human approach to, this place of being your best self and overall mm-hmm. holistic wellness is mm-hmm. is not the discourse I feel like that people have with medicine to date, right? Like, so I think there's rescripting that narrative too to understand that you could go in proactively, like, right? right? You can go in to to fix more than just like the fact that you don't sleep well. Right. Like, it might have other roots. So I love that in this journey, I want to make sure that we're acting as a source to like take that step back and be like medicine and it doesn't always have to be darkness. Right. right. And yeah. And it's interesting because that's what Western medicine does. I mean, they, they it's such a hierarchical um, system in this country and um, you know, breaking those barriers is something that's really important that I feel like I do. I mean, it's even the way I create my space, you know, in the word hospitality is the word hospital. And many times it, it's getting better, but it's probably the last place that you find that. Totally. And so it's really important that we, we create a space like beyond here is creating that space that provides us with a level of comfort and really just weighing down on that fear because it's all fear based. And the other thing that I talk about is, you know, even just the vernacular, the words that we use are scary. They don't understand them. So my job as a teacher, doctors should be teachers. And that's why, but it's really is decoding. You know, we do decoding what that term means, decoding what that medication is, decoding what you feel and what is, you know, all that diagnosis. And because it it does, you see that you see life and death and there's fear and then forget it, then you're gone. Right. But if you can just, it's amazing how you can shift it in a dime. 
just by breaking it down and decoding it. Said like, this is if I went into like a law office, a law firm or whatever, and they started rattling off all these words, I wouldn't know what the heck they're talking about. But we're smart people. If you break that down and decode it, I can understand it. We all right. can do it. So that's a huge part of it. Even if it's the Western terminology that we're faced with here is just decoding it hmm. and making it simple. And My making favorite it- example of that is disease, yeah. which is dis-ease. Yeah. Right. And that could stem from so many, yeah. it could be your epigenetics, it could be in your mind. And yeah. so as soon as you're like, oh, disease is so scary, or your your body is not at ease. So like, yeah. let's bring it back. And even when you just talk, when you go back to, you know, clean food, clean water, clean environment, clean relationships. I mean, all that is information. Your food is talking to your, your cells. I mean, it's shifting and changing things. Your thoughts shift and change things. I mean, I have people come in and we don't, in my environment, you know, it's very, we call it PNI, psychoneuroimmunology, where it's how you develop, evolve a space because it affects your physiology. It affects your immunology and affects your neurology. So there's, there's a line of, design work and architects that work around P&I, particularly around healthcare industry. But it's really about what you're seeing, all, tap into all your senses. So when you walk into the space, just like here, it, it, you feel different. And it doesn't matter who you are. It's it's gathering that when you walk into that space, it's really important. But um, yeah, it's it's something that I think that that we all need to really work on. And it's hard. It's hard because when you're trained in this, this country, and you still, I mean, those Western medicine, medical school and residency training has not shifted. I mean, there's people within it that they get the integrative thing and understand it, but it's still not fully integrated into our system here. It was attempted at one time, but it's, it's, it's hard to shift. Mm-hmm. So many times we're seeing doctors who actually are in this world are doctors that have worked in the industry and realize, oh, we need to do something different and mm. kind of tap into it. Um, and so it's, 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 it's so different now than it has was even 30 years ago. So it's, it's a lovely, lovely to see that we're all sitting here having, can have these conversations and it's a late in the late world that we're actually having these same conversations. So it's, that's really lovely. Can you just give us an idea? The, the word integrative we've said, and we've said functional, we've said, uh, I mean, it, Eastern meets Western. Like, it's like, I don't even think people really fully understand. I mean, we've talked about, but Eastern, when we say Eastern versus Western, like what, just breaking down some of those different terms for us. So, so basically, yeah. So the word complementary, it was a term that was used by the federal government. So that came out from NIH. So that's how they first started the funding and discovering this and what is this. And so there was some fun funding NIH trying to understand. That's where the word complementary came into play. But that was really always and always has been just a real um, uh, government terms. So that was something kind of thrown around. Then alternative was kind of flown out there. Alternative. alternative. Yes, that's yeah. like what I grew up yeah. with. Yeah. So everything was alternative, alternative medicine. medicine. Yeah. yeah. And so when I look, think about alternative, it's, it's not combining. It's you're, you're discounting Western and then the alternative is discount and the, the Western is discounting the alternative. Right. You know, so, but what's beautiful about the integratives is that you're integrating it all. Yeah. And so you're pulling it all together, which I think is the most ideal thing, you know, as a Western trained in internal medicine physician. So internal medicine doctors, it's really hardcore. It's very different than family practice doctors. So if internal medicine doctors, I mean, I worked in intensive care units and critical care units, and I was an attending doctor in emergency rooms. And so you learn about very critical chronic disease and how to diagnose them, how to treat them. It's heavy, heavy duty. Way you heavy. Know, very heavy. Very different than family practice. Family practice does a lot of little uh, derm. They do a little bit of delivery. Mm-hmm. They do a little- Strep throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Geriatric care, a little bit of, you know, 
primary care, but it's not, and it's, so it's concentrated from, you know, they do from, um, you know, birth to death type thing. So, and we, we start at the age of 18 on, on men and women. Mm-hmm. And so it's very constant. So I really, really love what I do in internal medicine. I just love it. I love the science-based component of it. It's just my gig. I just really love it. I was a chief resident. I taught, I continue to teach. I taught, I've always been in an academic institution my entire career from medical school to residency. I was a chief resident and then I came to Northwestern with their, all three of them are ad- academic institution, which is very different than a community hospital. So it's about teaching. Mm-hmm. I love teaching. And then parlaying that with the integrative world, which is, you know, acknowledging that, you know, how important our diet is, how important stress is, how important sleep is taking that systems approach and looking at everything, looking at your immunology, looking at your stem cells, looking at autophagy, looking at um, you know, your sleep patterns, looking at your environment, all that we discussed earlier, and just really tap into how that whole process interfaces with disease and disease, as mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, and how impactful that is on how we can cure disease. I mean, people even come to me that actually are on like major medications and how we can shift and change behavior and get off meds, you know, or they may need just a small dose. You know, I personally, genetically, I have high cholesterol. And when I became menopausal, it was even worse because we know hormones, female hormones Mm -hmm. play a huge role in that. And so, but I, you know, I have, I I do bioidentical hormones. I have, I do a lot of nutraceuticals. I do amazing dietary things. I exercise. And, but um, I still have to take a tiny, 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 tiny dose of a statin drug. Interesting. And so I do. So I take, but I take like a five milligram, the smallest dose that you can take. This is crazy. My husband does the same thing. And I can take that one little pill. Seriously. I'm probably people on the other one would be freaked out about this, but like once every two weeks and and (laughs) my cholesterol is beautiful. Yeah. And if I, if I lift that little drug, it doesn't work. So interesting. Right. So I put it, I put it in, you know, I put it to the test. It's my, so my you've end of created one. this right. combination <laughs> yeah. that is. And bo- you can do it. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is that some people just need a little bit of support and not to be afraid of it. And when you have, you introduce a drug or you, you, you know, you try, I'm always about trying all the behavioral things first. That's what's really important. And also really working on our intuit and our, 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 our spiritual and, 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 and uh, behavioral well-being. It's, that is so critical. I can't tell you how. When you just change that mindset, boy, shifts, cha- shifts happen overnight. And they're just beautiful aha moments when I have people come in. They're like, wow. But I think a common misnomer is what you just said is like, integrative doesn't do medicine. I hear all the time. Like they won't prescribe. Like I had a friend, I remember she was like, I have a UTI. So like if I have an integrative doctor, what are they going to do? I'm like, they, they're, you still believe in medicine, potentially complementary, or like you're saying I'm going to get at the root behavior, but let's say I walked into your office with a UTI. Like, okay. So, what happens? Yeah. So what, first we test to make sure you have one. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's fair. That's yeah. really, and that's the important part yeah. is, you know, what we do in, in, in internal medicine, there's a lot of the testing that's done too, but in functional integrative medicine, we also do other functional medicine tests that we don't do in Western medicine, where they were identifying your neurotransmitters. We're looking right. at ho- different hormones, how you break down hormones, what your, your microbiome is like, you know, do you have, you know, certain food allergies? There's a lot that we can do in that realm. You know, what your, 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 uh, 
your true minerals and nutrients in your body and the cellular aspect of your body, which we don't do in, in the you right. know, traditional. You're looking at potentially root causes or what's happening around that orbit exactly. versus just coming in and being like, I'm going to fix your alleged UTI. Exactly. Right. So when you, so first thing we test to make sure that you have one. Right. And, um, and so definitely because if we don't treat that, it can become systemic and can be very serious. It can get totally. into your kidneys, cause major kidney issues. And in the elderly population, it can, people can die from it because yeah. they be, and they go a little till nutty, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, low nutty. nutty, yeah. <laughs> and so it does. It becomes systemic, and you can get septic, which can cause you, Oof, you know, yeah. neurological Scary, symptoms. Right. Needs to be so that. So, but it's also knee jerk thing. When I give somebody a an antibiotic, I usually give them um, D mannose, which also the D mannose changes the pH in the bladder, so that the organisms don't stick to the bladder and cause that spasmine and just shifts and changes the symptoms more than anything. But also helps clearing the infection, and also cranactin, which is a cranberry. Um, uh, form of, you know, yeah. that actually uh, changes the pH as well and is an antioxidant. But I also give a probiotic. When you're given an antibiotic, and I give it simultaneously. And, and then we know that when we give probiotics simultaneously with the antibiotic, it potentiates the antibiotic, but also prevents you from knocking, cool. knocking yeah. the, because um, antibiotics are not selective. They will just knock off everything. So that's why we have to keep protecting that beautiful microbiome that's going to are still trying to work on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but anything, it's same thing with people coming, you know, I make diagnoses all the time, critical, critical diagnosis, a lot of cancer right. diagnosis that we make, autoimmune diseases that we make from cancer is an autoimmune disease to MS to thyroid to lupus. And we make all those diagnoses. But you know what we do, we work very closely with subspecialists and, you know, if somebody needs cancer or a surgeon to um, help eradicate the disease. But what we do is we offer diet and nutrients to actually support even. We have a naturopathic doctor that works, we work very closely with, particularly with cancer. She specialized, her name is Kathy Chavez. She's a naturopathic doctor and she uh, came from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. She's been with me for 15 years. And she worked for CTCA for five years. So she specializes in cancer care. So she's taking care of patients who actually have cancer and works with the, the oncologists, the hematologists, the surgeons, and the stem cell transplant people and gives them recommendations on diet and supplements to support and potentiate the chemotherapy or the radiation or the surgery, but also what more importantly is pr to protect the good cells so that it can tolerate that if so need be. So, so it's really when you look at the whole thing, it just makes so much sense and it empowers people because it empowers them. Yes, I'm having this done to me, but look what I'm doing to help support it all. Right. It's not, oh, I'm, this is a, this is a, indication of a medication that I took one time during the day, but rather I've made these conscious decisions yes. of how I'm going to support and myself. In, and uh, particularly in cancer, people mm. feel like that they're, they're just, they don't have any role in their care. No control. They just yeah. succumb to the process. But when you, yeah, no, you're more in control. Now get, get, get your acupuncture in, get your energy medicine in, get your nutrition in, get your, your nutraceuticals in, get your, get it all in. What's your sleep like? Which more now than ever. And sometimes we talk about, you know, the deeper trenches are, the more medicine we, we can, we have here in our hearts and our souls. So when I say the deeper our trenches, the more tragedy sometimes we have in our life is when all the medicine is. That's where all the internal medicine is. We just have so much to offer and so much to learn when we're in that dark space. Wow. You know, and so when you keep knowing, it's like, yeah, I was, I was dark. I was down there. My trench was deep, but I came out of that trench. And what did I learn? What is my medicine now? And how can I share my medicine? You know, so it's not just because you have to be a doctor, but you can share your medicine. Right. And where you were and how you can help play a role in that web for the rest of the world out there. 
I was listening to Alan Watts this morning and um, one of the things that he says is good. Like when something bad happens, when something's hard, good. You know, it's the alternative. Uh, It's the pivot. It's the, you have a diagnosis. Good. Good. You're going to grow. You're going to learn. You're going to heal. You're going to, you don't know who you are. Like this next version of you is coming. Good. Yeah. And I. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're a genius. (laughs) So like. Take care of each other. Say somebody lives in Lawrence, Kansas, like I used to, and they (laughs) are going to the doctor and they're, you know, they're getting great care, but they feel like there's more. They want to work with somebody from an integrated and functional aspect. Can they move solely to an integrative doctor? And do they, will most integrative and functional medicine doctors also have the ability to prescribe prescriptions and diagnose, um, you know, using pharmaceuticals in combination with herbs and supplements the way that you do? Yeah. You know, I, there's, you definitely have to be a, you know, a board certified licensed medical doctor to, to prescribe the medications. Yeah. You know, so I know that there's some, um, like there's a lot of chiropractors, acupuncturists that are actually involved more of the functional integrative world, uh, but they're not, they don't have that mm-hmm. true integrative portion of it where you can do both. Cool. You know, so that's the difference too, is that, you know, usually a chiropractor can't prescribe uh, you know, an antibiotic or right. uh, or a SSRI or a, you know, whatever, an antihypertensive drug or whatever. So so that's kind of the difference too, is that you really have to be a licensed medical professional, not necessarily an MD, but you can be a DO that can also do that, DOs, MDs. And it's, I think in some states, naturopathic doctors like Dr. Chavez are licensed in 18 states in the nation to practice as primary care doctors. So they can in 18 states of the nation, but Illinois is not one of them. Mm. Well, we're glad she's with you. (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) I've always had a naturopathic doctor with me. I've had three. What's naturopathic mean? So naturopath, so there's allopathic, there's naturopathic, there's uh, osteopathic. So osteopathic is a DO. You've heard of DOs, doctor of osteopathic medicine. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so DOs anymore are pretty much go through uh, an allopathic medical training. Allopathic is like Western medicine. Oh, okay. Training. Allopathic means Western medicine? Yeah. It's like an allopathic medicine is with a Western trained allopathic doctor. And we're going to need a glossary (laughs) after this. We're going to create a little little uh, dictionary. dictionary. (laughs) And then DOs are doctors of osteopathic medicine. So they do osteopathic medicine. So it's a little bit of allo, but they do a lot more, they learn a lot more manipulations. And so they do a lot of that, but a lot of DOs are actually very mainstream. You can see a lot of DOs that are doing, are cardiologists and and do internal medicine. So they're very, pretty much mainstream anymore. They didn't used to be, but they really are, but they also still have that dimension of their training and some institutions still, I think are a little persnickety about that particular uh, discipline, but anymore, it's really pretty mainstreamed. And then naturopathic doctors, there's only five, I think five of these medical schools in the country that pretty much they have like the first couple of years of of um, of uh, their training is more allopathic, and then they then they you do like a couple years of us learning about acupuncture and and herbs and vitamins and um, behavioral medicine, and so it's very in in depth detail, but also very based in in research. Mm-hmm. So they're it's very research based. Two of the biggest, um, I think, Dr. Travis went to be, uh, National College in Portland of naturopathic medicine, National College and Bestier, the two ones that have been around the longest. Very cool. Yeah. I want to, I know it's wildly subjective and incredibly personalized when a patient walks into your room and 
of course, it's all about your bioindividuality, what you have going on. But I'd love to figure out if there's some tips from your beautiful brain that we can give our friends listening for some of like the more common things that you see walk in the door, whether it's having issues sleeping, um, fertility, inflammation in the microbiome. Like what are some things that you see constantly where you feel like, and maybe the answer is not this way, right? But that you feel like, you know, you're like, it's really great in your life to have a probiotic, right? Like, are there some of these more common issues? Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, yeah, Friday, sure, yeah, Friday, yeah. Yeah, I think pretty much in this country, one of the biggest issues that we see is is our our, our bowel. Yeah. You know, and so we see a lot of people with, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, even celiac and IBD, which is more Crohn's and, and, and uh, colitis, also mm-hmm. colitis. So that's a huge part. And of, constipation. And, like yeah, the amount yeah. of right. friends that I have yeah. that are in their 30s and look like healthy humans who are like, I go to the bathroom twice a week. Right. right. Like, it's let's, really bad. Let's oh actually start there. If you, why? That's yes. crazy. Someone the other day, so we love, love digestive enzymes, we can talk, but like someone was like, you should be going to the bathroom every time you eat, right? Like, what's your take on? Yeah, usually I say Say, yeah, every time you eat, yeah, once or twice a day. Right. But once a week, twice a week is horrible. It's terrible. That also sets you up for some very chronic illnesses. So you're not, if you're not detoxifying, just think that you have this, whether it's you have um, loose stool, diarrhea, or constipation, or it was some of the other celiac, especially if it's not controlled or not diagnosed, or ulcerative or Crohn's, you have this, you've probably heard the term leaky gut. And when you have that leaky gut, you know, we detoxify through four major ways, through your gallbladder and your liver and your bowel, those are primary, the primary ways. And then also through your kidneys and through your sweat. And so when those are not all working properly, then your system can't properly detoxify, particularly in your bowel. So what happens, it becomes leaky and all these things are supposed to be like excreted from your bowel and is now recirculating through your body and causing lots of collateral damage in so much as you can have auto, that's autoimmune disease is all about that. So when, and cancer's an autoimmune disease. So that's what you're creating. You're creating autoimmunity. Mm. So you're compromising, just having an irritable bowel, you're, um, your microbiome is off. You're not absorbing nutrients. So we see people that are have, you know, particularly women have an issue with, you know, especially menstruating, you have, have a menstrual cycle. If you're you're not um, metabolizing your estrogens, you get estrogen dominance. And so that's just a, a liver overload as well. And so women get fibroids, they have heavy bleeding, they have get cramping. That's all, it's just diet stuff. Wow. wow. You know, that's, yeah. so I feel nuts. like it's like thinking of all the friends who have said right. one yeah. of those, you know. And Everyone. But when, when you, but you, what you also do, you know, that's what it's doing. That's just the basis of what it's doing. But then what we do in functional medicine is we peel the onion. We sit there, we talk, we go way back. And I ask patients all the time, were you born vaginally? Were you born via C-section? Were you breastfed? Were you not breastfed? Were you exposed to antibiotics? Were you Did you have ear tubes when you were a baby? Did you have tonsillitis? Did you have acne and had antibiotics and you had Accutane? You go through that history. Did you have trauma in your life? You know, what time of trauma was there? you know, physical, sexual, emotional abuse growing up. How is that all impacting you? Were you, what was your environment like? Were you reared close to a factory? Do you know, mm-hmm. you know, wow. was the river close to you, was downstream from, you know, a, a paper factory, whatever. There's all those things you can really delve into. You know, what, what's inside your dentition? You mm-hmm. know, do you have you know, uh, cavities that were filled with, you know, heavy metals. I mean, there's so much, there's so much, there's so much to look at too. And so all that is looked at when you are taking a systems approach to look at somebody's one thing, their wow. constipation. And when you unravel that and you sit there and you, that's decoding. And that's you decode. Even with people come in, you see, with some serious diagnosis on serious medications and I start healing the bowel. You talk about, yeah, it's, it's a huge part of his diet, 
stress, sleep. Then you talk about what, how am I going to heal that, mega, that mucolytic layer? What type of probiotics are you using? You know, um, you know the what I use fish oil is really important. What type of fish oil are you using? There's a lot of products out there. You know, what's I talk about products that are synthetic products. I talk about which is I definitely veer away from. Then there's food grade products. You know, you get those at Whole Foods and, and food store. You know, uh, health food stores. And then there's medical grade. So most of those medical grade products come out of. Um, doctors who actually practice functional integrative medicine. So there's, and they're used, I you say, I can't call them, say I'm by prescribing because you don't prescribe nutraceuticals, but you you recommend them. But sure. I treat them as if they're, they're medicine. Right. I mean, they're very powerful and you have to know how to use them and what's the difference between, because it's such a huge, it's a billion dollar, trillion dollar market with the nutraceuticals out there. And it's very confusing for people. Nutraceuticals, supplements? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure for yeah. For so our back people. to our friends that have bowel. Yep. Is there a specific probiotic that you recommend? And then are there additional nutraceuticals? That yeah. yeah. Start? I'm gonna be like, babe, what nutraceuticals are you? I'm, I love it. We're gonna start. We're definitely gonna start. Oh, we're scientists them. and doctors. <laughs> we are. That's cool. I mean, you'll hear the vernacular. Yeah. Um, so, um, so one of the things that I use is 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 healing the mucolytic layer. So I use a product called Mega Mucosa. And it's a microbiome product. Mm-hmm. And um, and it does, it has four different amino acids in it that actually will heal the whole mucolytic lining. And then there's also something called lipopolysaccharides that actually are byproducts of gram-negative bacteria that actually sit, even if you're an infant and have antibiotics, have a gram-negative bacteria from an ear infection. That a- antibiotic will kill off the gram-negative bacteria, but it leaves behind these lipopolysaccharides, which can sit in your bowel and burrow in your bowel and sit there for decades. Whoa. Yeah. And so that's why I always ask people, when did your constipation, when did your diarrhea start? And um, <laughs> <laughs> I forget all the time. <laughs> and, um, and so they'll tell me, oh, yeah, well, I've always had this since I was a little girl or a little boy, whatever. But And so you can mark it, mark, okay, this is when this happened. But you go, I'm going back to, okay, this has been there, these lipopolysaccharides have been there forever. But the other thing people don't realize is that lipopolysaccharides are also caught, created by stress alone. So just in being in a stressful situation, you not necessarily have to have those gram-negative bacteria creating those lipopolysaccharides. In any event, going back to the megamucosa, the four um, amino acids there heal the whole mucolytic lining, but there's also two amino, immunoglobulins that go and they burrow down into your bowel and chelate and bind the, immunoglo- the lipopolysaccharides and excrete them from your body. And so you're creating healing by getting rid of the lipopolysaccharides that are sitting there and, and causing this low hovering fire in your bowel creating inflammation so you're pulling those out you're excreting from your bowel you're healing the megamucosa you are and many times if you people come in and it's usually it's a gr protocol that i use it's usually four pronged and usually if you come in with diarrhea then i don't give you the last two but the first two you would do fish oil Mm-hmm. And again, medical grade fish, a lot of fish oil products out there. I use a monoglyceride fish oil. Um, it's called Monopure and it's made by Zymogen. Yeah, I like yeah. Monopure, yeah. And um, it's great because it's a monoglyceride. So the, and for 25 years, I've always used an esterified triglyceride, which is a great product too. In 2017, Zymogen came out with the, the Monopure product. And everybody in the world is trying to get to this product, but okay. they, they won. 
<laughs> so anyway, so that's all I use now really, pretty much. Because when you use Nystatified triglyceride, and there's some great products out there, but you have to take a shitload of a lot of it, like three or four of those big old honker pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get to no, the active, you. your body has to break down that esterified triglyceride to get to the active ingredient to make the difference in, in the inflammation in your body. And so the fish oil is really important. So it suppresses inflammation, helps produce uh, immunoglobulins in your bowel and helps support the, the and microbiome. Should you be, like I primarily only eat fish. Should I still yeah. be taking a fish oil? Yeah. You know, it's also, um, you know, what kind of fish you're eating. You uh-huh. know, cold water fish is what really have the highest amounts of, of uh, omega-3 fatty acids. And you have to be careful about the type of fish you're eating. Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, higher in the food chain, mm-hmm. you have more issues with heavy metals and things mm-hmm. of that sort. So as long as, I mean, as long as it's like your salmon and your mackerel and your sardines, if you like that. Yeah, sort of I do. That's good. Ugh. I know. I know, I can't yeah, do I it either. Oh it's my like, God, I totally it's do. Like, I literally know. like sardines. I'm like good with things out of a tin. It's, it's, just, it's, you know, like, like I could live on a, <laughs> Tin can. Yeah. yeah. It, it gives me the visceral, like my body, like, could, like, well, then I get really pretty persnickety too. But when you talk about, you know, tin cans, you talk about BPAs. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. So it, there's, there's always something to bitch always about. Something. Yeah, there's there's always something. Yeah. Always, there's always something. So, you know, we know that a lot of those tin cans, it's the BPAs on the inside of the cans. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, what am I doing there? You know, if it's a, you know, risk, you know, benefit balance there. Right. But you know, I, it's just, they're just so powerful. Well, I actually like them out of the pouches now too. Okay, the good. little plastic pouches, which you <laughs> probably hate plastic. Yeah, that's right. I hate <laughs> yeah. plastic. She's like, I would prefer it only comes out of glass. Exactly. And you <laughs> know the fishermen that, you know the fishermen that, that caught it. the mackerel. It's, fair. it's too funny. <laughs> but so those are the two things that I usually use, the mega mucosa, the fish oil. And if you have constipation, I use spores. So I use the mega spore. Mm, I love the mega spore. Yeah, mega spore yeah. probiotic. You know, it's pretty much these two gentlemen who were the founders of this particular product. It has about 20 years of research on it. They've really changed the conversation circling around probiotics worldwide. So it's the six spores that are in there that we know have existed in the human population for over 2,000 years. And then we know that those of us who were born and raised in the Northern Hemisphere never saw those. So you have to be really careful how you start them. Many times people can't tolerate it because it's because yeah. they can get, get loose stool from it. So that's why I always just you have to take the history and figure out what can they tolerate, where do I start on that protocol? And yeah, so in, interfacing with integrative medicine, we can help you figure that out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Lots I can't stuff, even I believe these words exist in your head. Well, you know, and she speaks, <laughs> I honestly, like, let's just take a moment. I think she talks faster than me. <laughs> she might talk like, faster honestly, than me. Like, I mean, we get this, like, someone the other day was talking, I think maybe it was probably you, and they're like, do not listen to Stephanie Beagle when, at 1.5, like, X, because I talk so fast, but, like, you might, you know, I have met my dad. <laughs> you know, I have been called on that a lot, and I try to calm it down. But I know it's good. It's our it's, language. It's, yeah. It works well here. And I think yeah. it's, you can tell, like, the ex- I love it, because it's yeah. like, you have, you're like, but I gotta tell you all the how much can I tell you within yeah. 37 seconds and I need to include all it's these scientific like, words in it, but our, also make them not scientific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> welcome to our, this is the beginning of our 96 sessions that we're going to have in the future with Dr. Abby. Get ready. Get ready. One of 96. Um, yeah, no, we'll be really like, well. the next indication is sleep. <laughs> She'll be yeah. like, on 42 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, is. but it, it, like, I mean, I, I, on it, I love it all. I want it all. And I'm like, I hope everyone has, to, if you're driving, do not listen to this episode and write down things. Like, <laughs> please follow up. We'll link everything. We'll try. We'll try. <laughs> Sorry. I'll have to listen three times. No, I, I do love it. I do think, though, I know it's like so hard to get blanketed, but I love, I mean, we know probiotics are good for you. Yeah. And for the most part, right? And I love, I think a learning, I just want to make sure everyone heard too, is like, I was taught, 
probiotics when you're taking medication is really important, right? Like antibiotics, yeah. An antibiotic, right? I like to, you know, I dumb down every. <laughs> I'm like, antibiotic is the word. Yeah. Um, but just things like that, I think, are really important for our friends to hear because those baby steps, right? Right. If everyone is not in a place or they don't have an amazing partner like you, hopefully they can find one, but making sure that we're giving them little gems that they can act on. Yeah, and, and going back to the antibiotic, yeah. I don't use Megaspore when I actually give an antibiotic. Oh, interesting. So I use Orthobiotic, which has a very specific type of organism in it that is is That's is, is, is yeah. really important just for when you give probiotics. Okay, it's good to know. So like, yeah, get ready. We have more details for you on that. Yes. yes. Okay, well, um, we're going to maybe hit two more topics because, sure. yeah. you know, it has to be digestible. Yeah. Quickly on water. Um. Water. I, I'd like you to know I'm the new owner of a Berkey water filter. Oh, oh cool. look at yeah. you. I hate things on my countertop, but I actually think it's I cute. Know. I got the little one. It is confusing for the record. When I saw it, I was like, and then she has like a large machine. It's pretty though. But when I got back from oh. India, I realized how important water was. And additionally, I don't like cold water really anymore. So I wanted to have room temperature water. Yeah. And so thus I invested in this metal water filtration system. Can you just like briefly talk about the importance of water? Yeah. I mean, it's so critical. That's what probably one of the first things that I talk about. First of all, I talk, one of the first questions that I ask when you walk into my office, you'll hear two things. You'll, I'll ask people if they drink coffee. <laughs> and I also ask people how they sleep. Those are the first things you're asking. I was going to say, and I wanna, maybe those are our last three things. I want to hear like yeah, yeah. water go, sleep go, yeah. coffee go. And the reason why I ask about coffee, because it impacts your sleep and sleep is so critical. We'll have to talk about that again. Yeah. But um, but coffee significantly dehydrates us. From our neck down, we're 90% water. From our, our brain, our head alone is like 80% water. So it's so critical. We are water. And that's why energy medicine is so important because energy, energy it's, a, it's a conduit. Wow. You know, water is so important to us. You know, there's some beautiful books that are written by, um, uh, with, I'm totally blanking his name. It's the, um, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking his name. It's a Japanese gentleman who's written some beautiful books on water. I'll have to get that back yeah, to you. Yeah, for sure. It really is some beautiful books. And he's actually put like, he's like, swabbed like somebody's hand who somebody's holding somebody's hand and swabbed the sweat off their hand and you'll see put it under like a um an mri and you'll see that the beautiful crystals just form beautifully and then if you like he takes a a, a swab of water from a glass he wrote like ugly on it or whatever just a negative connotation and swab that water and it's just a distorted form of water i mean just how beautiful like when you see crystals like when you see water that you know when it forms in the the window it's so beautiful and just that energy field is so important so water is critical i always share that you know i always recommend half of your weight in ounces of water but the type of water we 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 drink is really important as i mentioned early clean water clean clean body clean relations clean environment it's all really but water is so critical if we're not getting our water and we can't bring nutrients into the cell we can't detoxify we can't function we can't enter, enter our gen pulling energy in and out of our <clears throat> well-being doesn't happen or it's, or it gets stuck so moving that move having that movement is really important and clean water is critical and so it's harder and harder to find you know especially here in this in cities you know yeah. we just don't have it so and there's a, var- a variety of products out there that i think that are that are good for your products is great you know but it just ensuring that it's os- you know it has an osmotic clean system i actually use one called it's really cheap it's called TuraPure, T-U-R-A-P-U-R, and it's just it's the it's the filter itself. Not only does it actually cleanse the water and takes all those products out of you, make sure it doesn't have like takes mm-hmm. the you know the stuff that we have in our system that we shouldn't be like drugs 
and, you know, bacteria and fluoride and all that stuff takes all that stuff out of, but it also produces more nitric oxide. And that's, what's nice about this product. It's all about nitric oxide. What, how important nitric oxide is for our exchange of, you know, toxins in our body and how important it's for our heart health and how important it's for our brain health. Um, so it's all that, that I think is really important. And it's really important in Chinese medicine. It's really important that you drink temperature water. Uh, room temperature water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, our our body temperature is just so pouring down. You know, ice cold water is just doesn't align mm. with our bodies. No, and especially s- for this vata over yeah, here. Exactly, <laughs> vata over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And it does. And so it's interesting. You know, I've traveled to China a few times and in Asia. And when you sit down, instead of pouring you ice water, they they pour you a. a glass of hot water yeah it's hot water i love it yeah and it's just and everything's about ceremony tea ceremony water tea it's like you know just feeding that system you know with some gentle lovely water <laughs> and tea is water that's why i also talk about tea and that's one of my you biggest love tea. things mm-hmm. i am such a huge green tea person i can't stand it nobody else but everybody have no out the community she, she, talk she about has green prescribed tea. me eight to ten glasses of sencha green tea, tea. and uh pretty much every time I see you. Yeah. And then time. I don't do it. But <laughs> yeah. I love tea. Uh, green tea for me can be a bit... Um, Stimulating? Or nauseating. <laughs> nauseating. The reason that is, is because it, it's it's acidic. And so, but there's there's other green teas you can buy that actually, there's one that's I love. I live off green tea. It's called Jin Mai Cha. It's a Japanese green tea and has toasted and roasted brown rice and it balances Ooh. the pH. So you, I can drink that all day long on a empty stomach. Have you and, ever had Himalayan buckwheat tea? No. Oh, okay. it is the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. really toasty, toasty like, yeah. kind of like bready. Yeah. 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 And that's when it steeps. It smells like toast. It's yeah. really lovely. So it balances the pH. So there's lots of green teas that I can't drink either on an empty stomach because it's too acidic. It makes me nauseous. But if you drink it with food, you'll be fine. So mm. that's the trick. But the thing about the it, green tea is the most well-researched herb in the world. So it's it has L-theanine in it. You the love L-theanine. L-theanine. Yeah. Yeah. The L-theanine is really important for brain health, for focus, for um, concentration. It actually helps detoxify in your liver. It donates a sulfur group in your liver to help produce glutathione, which Ooh, is the major I love glutathione. Glutathione is a major detoxifying enzyme in your body. It's a prebiotic for your microbiome and your bowel. You know, it counts as your water. It doesn't inhibit ADH like coffee does. So coffee inhibits anti-diuretic hormone and your kidneys. So your diuresing, and we just finished talking about how much we need water, and you're peeing out your, your water every time you drink coffee. And you're also washing out all your water-soluble minerals and vitamins. So it's like, why take, you know, all these B vitamins, the water-soluble vitamins if you're drinking coffee all day long? So is the, is When people talk about getting a headache from not drinking coffee, is that the dehydration? It uh, could be part of that, but it also vasodilates and vasoconstricts the blood vessels in your brain. Oh, casual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone understood that, just know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Uh-oh. what I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, I, that was my second thought. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, and there's that. There's your yeah. brain. <laughs> I was gonna say that or dehydration. <laughs> is that what addiction is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Totes, totes. Oh goodness. Oh, I could do this all day. So many more. The sleep piece, just for like, we will have a. This is like a t- to yeah, be continued. We, we need a brief on this just... because you have to come back. I'm not kidding. This is. Oh, yeah. this, I know you're a teacher, I, of course so I will come hopefully back. this feels yeah. good to you. But yeah. um, I can't imagine how much people are learning because I've oh, learned immense amounts. Just course. to like tease out, but like when we talk about sleep and how important it is, like outside of 
knowing that it's important? Like, what is it? Is it give, it's giving your organs rest? Like, what is the, like, when you talk about the importance of sleep, why? So we talk a lot about our circadian rhythms. So we are supposed to be asleep. We have to act like the animals. You know, way back when, when the sun set, that's when you were supposed to go to sleep. You know, we in the Western world defy every bit of that, you know, and so it's really being in, in connection with your circadian rhythm. And so we know that we're supposed to be, so much happens during your sleep cycle. I mean, there's a system, you've heard of your lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. Of course. So you're cleaning your lymphatic system. But back in, in like 2017, they discovered, I mean, recently, um, your glymphatic system. So your glymphatic system is a detoxifying process that happens when you're cleansing the proteins and the toxins in your brain. And that only turns on mm. when you're asleep. Whoa. And it's a very arduous, very time-consuming process that takes place. It's a good like eight hours for that to happen. So a lot of it happens like before midnight. And so you have to have so many cycles Hmm. of sleep for that to actually happen. And so when you're not sleeping, you're not detoxifying so that compromises your immunity. It compromises, it raises cortisol levels, your, those tau proteins, those, those beta proteins are, 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 creating more congestion in your brain and they're not detoxifying. Um, and so it just sits in your brain. So sleep is really important for, I mean, we know 66% of people who are, have Alzheimer's or dementia, dementia are women. And when we have, and it plays a role with that with, with menopause, but also when we're menopausal, our sleep cycles are just so screwed up right. because we're hot flashing, because we're, you know, we're, our, our moods shift and changes hormonally, it just shifts and changes. And so, and then when you have that, we just know people who are not sleeping are at high, high risk for dementia and Alzheimer's because you're not detoxifying. That makes and sense. And so that alone is just... A, important part is all sleep created equal so i bought uh, the, very selfish but i bought this aura ring because yeah. i wanted to learn more about my sleep in general and just like right. my you know resting heart rate and all those and what i noticed was that my deep sleep it's actually gotten way better which is interesting, interesting right but my maybe deep because sleep, you have an intention yeah maybe i'm like go to sleep, and sleep well. <laughs> but you know there's all those different sleep stages so when you talk about sleeping important like how the latency of going to sleep, actually being asleep, the deep sleep, the yeah. art, like is Rem all sleep. of that critical or it's, you need all of it's critical. Okay. I mean, there's so much research around sleep hygiene and, you know, the, how we should be the architecture of sleep and mm. what it's, what it's right. like and how important all those cycles are. And when they're interrupted, what's happening. I mean, it, there's a lot of, it's, it's so much. Totally. And so that's why it's honoring all of it, not just parts yeah. of it. You know, it's all of it okay. is, is really critical. One thing, when I go back to coffee, the, in, in one eight ounce cup of coffee has 165 milligrams of caffeine in it. And we know just pharmacodynamically, the, 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 uh, the that caffeine 165 milligrams it takes eight hours for half of that dose to get out of your body so mm-hmm. no matter what people say i drink coffee in the morning it's, not, it's affecting your sleep and so yeah so it, it does it affects your sleep is this a good time to tell dr Reed that for 37 <laughs> for 30 you'll love this for 37 years i didn't well i mean obviously as a baby i didn't but i'd never drink coffee and i and i wanted i missed i was like sad about the ritual i probably, probably could have drank tea, but we can go there another day. But then I went to Israel and I was really tired and I'm like, I'm going to try this. And now I like love coffee. You know, and that's the ceremony. There's, you yeah, know, we yeah. talk about ceremony, we talk about the ritual. warmth and like. Yeah. And, and that's the part I tell people, I never want to interrupt that. The ceremony and the ritual is so critical. I mean, I have to have ceremony every single morning to exist. Right. And some people are just very married to that ceremony, but I really talk about not taking away from ceremony and, and ritual, but just being Truly conscientious of the contents of your cup. Yeah. What wow. is it doing to me? Okay. 
Chippy Kitty. No, no, no. Oh my God. Oh, what a treat. Oh, thank you. Literally, thank you. We've been You're talking this welcome. week about presence, and it, it feels really good to be in your presence, but to be in, in this moment too of being able to share oh, all that you have. So I, thank you. It's equally shared. Thank you. Come back. I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we love you. <laughs> love you too. Times 1,000. Friends, this has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, we totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at wellbehavedpodcast. Also, we aren't selfish. Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.